Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all gathered on Sunday morning for our morning worship service. And you're all very welcome if you're here in person or if you're listening online or through our CD ministry. You're all very welcome indeed. On your behalf, I would extend a welcome back to the Reverend Kenny Hanna, PCI Rural Chaplain. Kenny, you're very welcome back. It's good to have you back with us. And we look forward to hearing what the Lord has led with your heart for each of us this morning. And uh, every blessing. We know you're taking a bit of a break now, so enjoy your next few weeks off, Ken. Enjoy that. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, Mark Annett has asked me to announce the following. There will be a meeting this Wednesday evening for the Holiday Bible Club at 8 p.m. in the hall. Holiday Bible Club will be running from 10:30 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. the week beginning the 15th of August. Uh, and this year, the topic will be the miracles of Jesus. Mark is asking for all who can help in any way to, if they're involved, be it for the five days or even for just one day, to come along to the meeting on Wednesday evening. It's important that he gets as much help as possible. Mark says that there is a shortage of help this year, and helpers would be very much appreciated in order for the Holy Bible Club to proceed. There will be no team coming along this year as an outside help for this year's uh, Holiday Bible Club, so we will be self-sufficient. So uh, that's the meeting, that's this Wednesday evening at 8pm in the church hall on Old Help, and it would be very much appreciated, please. Also just to say that there will be uh, a clean-up at the manse tomorrow evening from 7.30pm then at the manse. And that's for male and female clothes. So meeting at the manse tomorrow evening for a bit of a clean-up from 7.30pm. And it is with sadness that we announce and record the passing of Mrs. Irene Stevenson. And on your behalf, we extend our deepest sympathies to the Stevenson family. And I ask you to remember in prayer Aaron's husband, David, son, Gareth, daughter, Dawn, son, of Martin, and grandchildren. Also, just to say that Mark and his wife, Naomi, her grandmother passed away quite recently, and the funeral service will be today. So we ask you to continue to remember both the Stevensons and Mark and Naomi. Uh, in the days of lie ahead. These are all the announcements when I hand over to you, Dragon Kenny. Thank you very much, Stephen, for your welcome. Good morning, folks. Good to be back with you in First Rock Friday this morning. We're thinking today about God's grace, God's love we don't deserve and we could never earn. That would be these well known verses from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. That none of yourselves is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We're thinking about God's grace, his love we don't deserve, and how because of that, when we trust in the Lord Jesus, by his grace, we then can be people of character, people whose lives really count and matter for eternity. So let's stand and sing Mission Place 31, Amazing Grace.
and uh, turn that up, it's massively important. Um, how, how do we know that, that what the preacher is saying is right? Unless we have the Bible there to guide us. The Bible is always our guide. I encourage you to have it along with you week by week and follow along God's word. Uh, Joshua chapter 1. Um, it's page in, in my version here and what I've got here is a few Bible, be two, one, six in the Bibles. The background to this, we looked at in the background to this a few weeks ago when I was with you before. Um, Moses, that great leader of God's people, has died. Joshua has taken over the reins of leading the people and his first job is to lead the people into the promised land across the river Jordan in full flood. So Joshua chapter 1, and this is God's perfect word we're reading. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river that your faith is all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful. To obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God has given you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross uh, over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that you may go back and occupy your own land which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. And they answered, Joshua, whatever you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Finish up there. Hey, boys and girls, when I was here a few weeks ago, you were very brave because do you remember what you did a few weeks ago when I came uh, down to the front? You came up to meet me. So I'm going to come uh, up to the front now, boys and girls. You come back up 
and meet me again as you did a few weeks ago, and that would be just great. Thank you for doing that. Now this is where it gets interesting, you see. Everybody squash up, and everybody else in that's brilliant. They have, they have to squash up, because there's not enough room, that's brilliant. Who's enjoying their holidays? Isn't it great? I go to my holidays from tomorrow, but I'm going to be enjoying mine too. It's great to be off on holidays. It's just brilliant, boys and girls. Here, now I want to just uh, start off this morning. How strong are you? Let me see your muscles. Let me see them. Good and hard, look. There's definitely muscle. Oh, there's muscles there. That's great. Now, this will come up first here. I might scream a bit like my name. Let's see. There we are. So, it's asking you how strong you are. Now, the reason I'm asking you that is because there was this man called. Joshua. Anybody here called Joshua by the name Joshua? Well, this man called Joshua. The man he had led the Israelites before him was called Moses. I'm sure there's none of you called Moses, is there? No. Well, Moses had died, right? And Moses was a great man who followed God. He was a great leader of God's people. And Moses was dead. And Joshua was like I explained to you the last time Joshua was like Moses' apprentice. So Joshua was learning what it would be like to be a leader under Moses. And um, well, Joshua, he's a wee bit worried about this. He's a wee bit afraid about what that would be like. And, and the reason we know that is because God says to him, he was encouraged four times to be strong, right? And to be courageous. Can somebody tell me what courageous means? Because it's a very big word. I mean, it's hard to say. But what's courage? If you've got courage, what does it mean you are what? If you've courage. Brilliant, brilliant, right? So four times, okay, four different times, Joshua is encouraged to be strong and to be brilliant. And Joshua needed lots of encouragement to be strong and to be brave, to be courageous, because he had a big, difficult job to do. He was taking over from who did I say? Whose job was he taking? Moses' job, brilliant. And he was going to lead, what was the nation called? Beginning with I, is, what do you call them? Israel, brilliant. And his first job, boys and girls, was to lead the Israelites across a big river called the River Jordan when it was in full flood. Can you imagine trying to cross a river when it's flooded? Right? And then you imagine all of the people of Northern Ireland trying to cross the river with you at the same time when it was in full flood. It would be tough, wouldn't it? Would that be tough? That would be tough. Yes, it would be tough. It would be massively tough. 
because a whole country's going to go across this river when it was flooded. And if you weren't scared by me telling you that, and tell you we were standing on the edge of the river Jordan, the banks, and it was in full flood, you'd be really scared. And so God had to say to Joshua, He had to say to him, You've got to be strong, and you've got to be brave. And, well, Joshua needed lots of encouragement. And so, what was going to help Joshua be brave was this. God said, Joshua, be brave, because I'm going to be with you. Here's what he said. He said, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Now, <coughs> maybe sometimes, mum and dad have to tell you something twice. Does that ever happen, big people? Do you ever have to tell your boy or girl something twice? Does it? She can't hear you. It does. Maybe 20 times. Right? Well, God has to tell Joshua twice to be strong and courageous and he'll do it. Here's a second time. Have I not commanded you, says God to Joshua, be strong, right? And courageous, be brave. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Discouraged. What's it mean if you're discouraged? What does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're really down in the dumps about something. So don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, don't be down in the dumps because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And boys and girls, Joshua learned a really important lesson of that. By himself he wasn't bad. By himself he wasn't bad. He was just he needed God to be with him, but when God was with him, and his trust was in God, he could be brave, and he could be courageous, he could be knowing that God was with him wherever he would go, but his trust was in the Lord. And boys and girls, we're just ordinary. All of us are just really ordinary. I'm really ordinary, and you guys are too. And the great news is that God has sent his son, the Lord Jesus, into the world to be with us. And to help us every day. And so, if there's ever anything, boys and girls, that would make you scared, or ever anything that would make you upset or sad, when your trust is in Jesus, we can say like Joshua knew all those years ago, I don't need to be afraid, I don't need to be worried, because God will be with me wherever I go. Here's this wee verse I want to leave with you. Have I not commanded Jesus God, be strong, and be courageous, be brave, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, don't get down in the dumps, because for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. So boys and girls, whatever age you live to, and whatever you end up doing with your life, when your trust is in Jesus, he'll be with you absolutely at every point you go. Isn't that amazing? Not disaster. That's why it's brilliant, boys and girls, if you're following Jesus. And that's a brilliant reason to start to follow Jesus if you're not following him because you have God with you absolutely. And that helps you to be strong and to be courageous. Let's close your eyes for a second and let's pray. Father, um, we thank you for this story from your word that really happened, Lord, all those years ago. We think of Joshua taking over from Moses and being afraid wondering how he was going to take over from this great leader, and then realizing his first job was to lead a whole country across a river that was in full flood. 
But frankly, that, that Joshua had his trust not in himself, not thinking he was great, but Lord, in knowing that you are great, his trust was in you. And so he knew that wherever he would go, you'd be with him. And Father, I pray today for all the boys and girls in First Draft Friday that if they're trusting Jesus already, wherever they go, may they know that Jesus is with them. And may he help them to be strong and to be courageous when they're afraid and they feel weak. And Father, we pray to you for any boy and girl who's not yet trusting in Jesus, but maybe trusting in themselves or trusting in something else. Help them to see that they need to trust in Jesus and bring them to know him and have Jesus' forgiveness and know that wherever they go, Jesus will be with them too. I thought we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to do a song that's all about knowing that God is with us and how he helps us to be strong. And there's actions to this. I didn't do the actions last time, but I think this time we're going to do the actions to this. Do you know the song, I may never march in the infantry? You know that would be march? You do? Yeah, you do. So we're going to do, we're going to stand up and do the actions. And I'm hoping some of the big people are going to do some of these actions, okay? You want to break cross with them? <laughs> Don't be cross. I hope some of you are going to stand up and do some of these actions with us, okay? So there's not just me, not just the boys and girls. And some of you are, are leaders in Holiday Bible Club, and Sunday school teachers. So you'll do these actions, and so stand up, you're going to stand up and, and, and sing this song. So you remember the, the actions where it's marching and the infantry, it's riding in the cavalry, and it's possible. What do you do there, cavalry? Show me the action platform, you shit, it's not right. And then I may never zoom or the enemy. Friend, let's stand up and face God and let's do the actions and let's glorify him. I may never march in the end.
take some time then to pray for other people. Let's pray. Father, um, we, I was just saying to the boys and girls there, it's living in this world, Lord, it's not easy. We get lots of things that nerve us and shape us. And Lord, uh, pull us down and turn our hearts. And Lord, it's not just us, but we, we feel when our families hurt, we hurt. When other Christians hurt across the world, we hurt. Lord, we live in a world that's so difficult and, and has fallen and all messed up by sin. But thank you, Lord, that we have a part to play in making this world better. And part of that part is to pray. And so, Lord, today we want to pray for the work of the gospel just across the world. And we want to pray, Lord God, uh, for Chris and for Rachel Humphreys as they've been serving you as missionaries in Porto, in Portugal, uh, as they help to plant a, a brand new church there. We know that soon they'll be leaving that work, but we pray the work will go on from strength to strength, Lord, because you're in it. We pray that lots of people will come to know Jesus there, that the church will grow in numbers and in depth, and so we pray for the work of the gospel there. Father, we pray for the work of the gospel here across the um, Republic of Ireland. We thank you for five-day clubs and for schisms and youth outreach and all kinds of, of outreach that's happening over the summertime. We pray, Lord God, that you'll be at work there. We pray you'll move by your spirit. We pray that lots of people will become followers of Jesus, that you'll move and draw people, Lord, to salvation. So, Father, we pray for that. We pray that you'll be at work there, Lord God. And Father, we think of Dr. and Dr. Presbyterian as they uh, they for a few months, that we'll guide them in that. And that, Father, they'll be a, a church family centered upon Jesus and the gospel. And Father, we pray that you'll be at work there, Lord God, just to draw many people to know Jesus. And again, we pray for your church to go in numbers and also for your church to go in depth. And Father, we, we pray for the local church here in First Rough Island. Father, we pray for all the same blessing here. We pray, Lord God, for the, the Holiday Bible Club meeting on Wednesday evening, Lord, we pray that lots of people will come along and help out in this room, that Marcus said there's not enough helpers. Father, we pray that folk who love Jesus will want to serve Jesus, whether it's by giving out cups of juice and biscuits, whether it's by doing memory verses or, or Bible talks or group times or whatever, or games, Lord, we pray that folk will use the gifts you've given to them to be involved in this important work, Lord. So we pray that that will not fall because there aren't enough people to help. We pray you'll strike the hearts of many Christians to be really keen and excited about serving you in this great opportunity. And we pray you'll draw lots of boys and girls along from the Rathfriend area, that they hear about Jesus and come to know Jesus, and not just through what they're taught, but also in the lives of the leaders, the godly lives, the lives of character that they see all around them, Lord, each night. So, Father, we pray for that. And Father, we, we just pray for the vacancy here. We pray you continue to guide and direct your people to the, the minister of your choice. And we, we leave that with you and pray your blessing and your guidance there too, Lord. And Father, we pray, Lord God, for all those who are struggling just now. We pray for those who are ill. We pray for your healing hand upon them. We pray for those who are downhearted and, Lord, who feel that just everything's against them who are maybe struggling with mental health issues with the darkness of depression. 
Father, we pray to you for these families you've been mentioned to us this morning who have lost loved ones. Father, we pray for the Stevenson family. We pray, Lord God, for David and for Gareth. We pray for Dawn and Martin and for the grandchildren. You'll be with them all in the loss of uh, a wife and a mother and uh, a mother-in-law. Um, you'll be with them. We pray for the grandchildren in the loss of one of our granny that you'll surround them all with your love. We pray to you. Uh, for Naomi and the loss of her grandmother and for all those who have lost loved ones and Lord it may not be recent it may have been many years ago but the pain is so real and so deep and we pray that they would all uh, put their trust in Jesus and know his hand and Father we pray for ourselves and as we come to your word today that Father you would grip us by your spirit because it's your word where you are it's not a fairy tale it's not an act of fiction it's the truth of God that points us to you, the true and living God. And so speak to us today, if we don't know Jesus, bring us to know him. In a living, saving way, if we know him already, stir us up, Lord, to live for Jesus. As enthusiastic, characterful followers of his. And Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Well, as I'm getting my notes out, we encourage you, please, to open up your Bible at Joshua chapter 1 and follow it on with us. And if you look for Bible, you can put it on your mobile if you'd like to do that. Um, turn up Bible Gateway and look up Joshua chapter 1. Really, and we really encourage you please to have a Bible with you uh, as you come along Sunday by Sunday and follow along. It's genuinely so important as a minister of the gospel. I've spent 20 odd years encouraging folk and we come to the Bible to open up and follow. It's just massively important. So let me encourage you to be doing that week by week. I must say it's so important um, for you and for the one who's, who's leading you uh, to God's work. And as we do that, let me ask you a question. What would you like for yourself? I mean, what do you want to be like? What would you like to be like? Who would you like to be like? What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind you? So none of us are going to be here forever. Uh, what do you want to leave behind you? How would you like to be remembered in First Rath Friday? How would you like to be remembered in this area? When, speak, when people speak about you and you are no longer here, what kind of memories do you want to make? What do you want to be known for? I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. And I guess if, if you have to sum it all up, I'd like to be known for this. I'd like to be known as a person of character. That's it. I'd like my life to amount to something. Not for it to be superficial. Not for it to be shallow, for, for, but for it really to make a mark for Jesus. That's it. To be a person of character. Let me introduce you to a young man called Robert. Robert was kind. Robert was gentle. Robert was really good at his job as a PA. 
Robert contracted a degenerative disease and died when he was just 26. Cam under pressure, good at facing disappointment, not bitter by the shortness of his life. Gentle. Noble. Robert's life really counted for something. How do I know that? Well, this is what his boss writes about him 20 years after Robert was dead and gone. Here's what he writes. 20 years after his deathbed, I am writing this with tears in my eyes. 20 years later, I am still in awe, still grateful. And so I am in no doubt that character speaks, that character makes a difference in the big things and in the little things. Twenty years after his boss was writing these words with tears in his eyes. Why? Because Robert's life counted. It mattered. He left something behind him more than a big bank balance or a family farm or a house or wherever it happened to be. Robert's life counted for him. Folks, I want to say to you today, if you follow Jesus as I try to follow him, I hope this is how people will remember you and remember me as somebody of character, as a person who's really made a mark for Jesus. How's that possible? Well, growing up in, in one congregation, there are different people, quite a few of them, like that. Men and women of character, godly men and women who I have looked up to all my life. I want to be like them. I want to be like Robert. It's not easy. Last time I was with you, as we looked into the beginning and the end of Joshua, we said that Christians live in a hostile world. But we also said that by God's presence with us, we can triumph in that hostile world. And so that the second installment in the book of Joshua brings us today to the whole of the first chapter of Joshua. We meet this man, this, this assistant to Moses, and Moses has died. And Joshua 1 explains to us that because of God's grace we can be like that. We can be like Robert. Because of God's grace, God's love we don't deserve, we too can be people of character. But it's only possible by God's grace. So a couple of key things about that. Because of God's grace, we can be people of character. Here's the first one. God's free gift to be accepted. God's free gift to be accepted. This is a, a really good story, actually, for a farming community like this one. I know not everyone here is a farmer, but we all live in the countryside. And this is a great story for country people. Because the land is mentioned here... The land is mentioned six times in this opening chapter, the land. And living in a country area like this, we know all about the land. Some of us own the land. Sometimes land is sold. And it's the top of the country. Who's bidding on the land? Who's going to buy the farm? The land connects with us. And the land is mentioned six times here in this opening chapter. And the land that's mentioned is the promised land. Promised 
600 years earlier by God to Abraham for his descendants. What I want to come on in here is just one simple thing about this land. That this land is a free gift from God to his people Israel. And because it's a free gift, it means that Israel has done nothing to deserve it. This gift of God, this gift of the land, is an undeserved, unearned gift from God. It's a gift of God's grace. The whole chapter, I suppose, that's the big message of the whole chapter, and it comes across five times in these opening verses. If you follow along with me, first of all, verse 2, if you look there, God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. So God says, I've given you the land, you haven't earned it, you haven't deserved it. It's a gift of my grace. It comes freely. Or verse 3, if you look there, God continues, Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. Again, it's my land, says God, I'm giving it to you freely. It's a gift of my grace, you don't deserve it. Verse 6, God speaks to Joshua a third time. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I am giving it to you as a gift of my grace. In verse 15, if you look there, God speaks to the two and a half tribes who are on the other side of the Jordan, and their land is there. And God says to them, to Reuben and Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh, I want you to go ahead of your brothers, to cross the river Jordan and fill flood in front of them and to fight for them. They'll be behind you. And this land you have, I'm going to give also their inheritance to them. Verse 15. Until the Lord gives you rest to your brothers as he has to you, and they have also taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. It's my free gift. I'm graciously giving it to you. If you go into reverse for a wee second, back to verse 13, there's something else about this land. It's just one word. We would easily, easily pass it over. If you look at verse 13 with me. Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest, and will give you this land. Rest is the word. The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest. What is this rest? Well, something on the screen. Rest is security. Rest is general well-being. Rest, in fact, is all-round enjoyment of life. And that's great. But it's even better than that. And what's even better than that rest here in Joshua 1 is the rest Hebrews chapter 4 speaks about. A far superior rest than the Israelites could have enjoyed in Joshua's day, because this is a rest that brings present and future and forever blessings. And that this gift, like any gift, you've got to receive it, you've got to uh, accept it. So Hebrews 4 verse 11, it says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, that present and future and forever blessing of God is a gift like any other gift you've got to receive it personally. And we can only receive the gift 
coming freely from God at this rest, his present and future forever blessing, if we receive Jesus who came to bring the gift to us. To receive the gift of God's blessing now and in the future and forever, to receive that gift, you've got to receive the gift of Jesus into your heart and life as your King and Saviour and Lord and friend. God's gift needs to be accepted, needs to be received. Um, I mean, gifts are great. I love, I love giving gifts and I love receiving gifts. Um, I'll never forget the gift our son Matthew got quite a few Christmases ago. And it was in an envelope. I mean, it looked really boring. It looked probably the most unexciting Christmas present you've ever received. It was in a kind of a plain envelope. It looked such a boring gift. It, it looked so boring, it would have been easy for Matthew to open presents and just to kind of forget about the, 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 the envelope. And I can tell you, Matthew was really glad he opened the envelope. Because inside this really boring looking, kind of white, plain envelope, well, there were two things inside. One was a, a flight ticket, and the other was a kind of mock-up of a ticket to get in to see Man United play. And I said to Matthew, you opened it up, and he said, oh, well, I said, Matthew, when is this man? This was Christmas morning. Matthew, when is this man? Oh, he said, it's Boxing Day. The match is tomorrow. And so he and I headed off the next morning, I think it was probably from Dublin Airport, Boxing Day morning, over to see United play. Now here's the thing. And I'll never forget the first time he was over at Old Trafford. He, he walked up the steps and uh, Old Trafford holds over 75,000 people. And we came, you, you'll never forget your first trip to Old Trafford. You come to the top of the steps and you look down and there's just, there, I mean, there are seats everywhere. And there are people everywhere. And I thought Matthew's eyes were about to pop out of his head. You see, folks, he could have missed it. He could so easily have missed it. If he'd left that plain, quite boring envelope aside and opened up all the brightly coloured uh, gifts with all the brightly coloured wrapping paper instead of that, he could have so easily missed that gift if he hadn't unwrapped it and then got on the plane with me and gone along to see United play, he could have missed it. He had to accept that gift. He had to receive it. And folks, here's the thing about us. Just like our Matthew, we can only receive God's free gift of his rest, his present, future, and forever blessing if we receive Jesus who came to bring that blessing to us. And I fear that some of us are like Matthew could have been that Christmas morning. You've heard all about the gift of Jesus. And you've just left him in the same room. You've just left him there. You've never received him. You've never trusted him. You've never made him yours. You've never loved him back for loving you on the cross. And you've just left him there, as it were, in that plain white envelope, unopened, unloved, untreasured. Why would you do that? Now, 
Now, today won't be the one for every one of us. Today won't be the day for every one of us. But perhaps today is the day for you to accept God's free gift of salvation and blessing by receiving Jesus. It won't be the day for everyone. Many of us sitting here already know Jesus. I know that. But perhaps some of us don't. And perhaps if those today who don't know Jesus yet personally, perhaps today is the day for you to receive Jesus. I wonder will you receive him? Will you receive him as your king to live for him? You say, Jesus, I'm going to stop following myself. And I'm going to follow you. Wherever you need Jesus, I'm going to go. And Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I trust in your death to prevent my sin away. Please speak to me afterwards. I'd love to point you to Jesus. God's free gift to be accepted. Have you accepted Jesus? Have you responded to Jesus? Have you? And if you haven't, what good reason do you have for not responding to Jesus? Why are you not a Christian? Speak to me afterwards. I'd love to help you accept Jesus. So, this is God's free gift to be accepted. What happens when we receive the free gift of Jesus? Well, well, this is amazing. So, this is for you if you already have accepted the gift of Jesus and are following him. And this is also for you if you haven't accepted the gift to see what you're missing out on. How you can be a person of character, a person who leaves behind something that really matters. And so secondly, because of God's grace, because of God's love we don't deserve, we can be people of character. We can be people like Robert. We can be people who others talk about in years to come. Not in a shallow way, oh, he was a really nice stuff. There are lots of really nice people, but anyone who knows a lovely people. No. That was a godly woman. That was a godly man. That was somebody who, who led me to Jesus. That was somebody, and I looked at them, and, and I wanted to follow Jesus because of them. That kind of that's what we want to leave behind us, isn't it? So how can we be people who make a difference, people who, who make a mark? Well, for God's free gift of salvation means that as we receive God's gift into our lives, God then comes to be able to If you look with me at verse 5, because that's what we're told in verse 5, where God brings Joshua, Israel's new leader, these great words of encouragement. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So God says to Joshua, I won't leave you. It pretty much means, Joshua, you won't sink. And then God says, I will not forsake you. I won't abandon you. You won't sink, Joshua, and I'm not going to abandon you. God makes a similar promise in verse 9. Because Joshua is trusting in the Lord. Do not be frightened, verse 9, if you look there. Do not be dismayed. For because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so you see, when we receive Jesus, everywhere we go, Jesus goes. Everywhere we are, Jesus is. In fact, he's there before us. And when we accept God's free gift of salvation, God himself is with us from my own, and it's God who makes us people of character. God does the work, he does the renovation, he does the changing. God helps us be people of character in three ways in the passage. The first two come together. Um, 
Because of God's grace, God's followers have been strong and courageous. So here's the first few ways. Whenever God is with you in your heart, in your life, here's two ways you can be people of character. We can be strong, and secondly, we can be courageous. If you look at verses 6 and 7 and 9 and 18, it's all there. And four times, as we said to the boys and girls earlier on, Joshua is encouraged to be strong and courageous. Three times by God, once by Israel's leaders. Now, interestingly, two out of those four times that Joshua is told to be strong and courageous, he is encouraged that God will be with him to enable him to be a man of character. So, notice with me, verses 5 and 6. God says to Joshua, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. And then a second time God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous because I'm going to be with you. Verse 9, if you look there, um, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Why not? For the Lord your God is with you forever you go. So because of God's grace, God's followers can be people of character. Because of God's grace, we can be strong and we can be brave. We can be Courageous. So we can be people of character because God is with us, enabling us to be strong, enabling us to be courageous. And then thirdly, third way God makes us be people of character when we follow Him is because of God's grace, God's followers can live obediently for Him. Again, it's God who does the work in us. We can obey God because when He is with us as His followers, he enables us to obey him. He enables us to be those people of character. I mean, God is so gracious. God says, obey me. And then God says, because he's so kind, and I will help you to obey me. So God never asks us to do anything he doesn't give us the resources to do. And I think that with obedience. So, verses 5, if you look there with me. Verse 5. Uh, God again is speaking to Joshua. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you will cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Notice the next bit. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you to do. Do not turn from the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous, and then you will have good success. Follow my word, Joshua, and I will be with you forever. I will help you to obey me. You get the same thing again, uh, only this time it's Joshua telling the Israelites that they can enter this place of rest, this promised land. And don't worry, says Joshua, because God will help you to obey him. Verse 13, if you look there. Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. We can be people of character. Why? Because God enables us so to be. So, whether it's being strong, whether it's being courageous or whether it's obeying God, God himself is with his followers to grow Christian character in us. God doesn't save us and then say, look, have your own career. God doesn't save us and say, now you get on with it. God saves us and then God says, 
I will be with you every step of the way to make you strong, to make you courageous, and to help you to obey me. It's even more explicit in the New Testament, where we have Jesus. And because Jesus is with his followers, we too can be strong, we too can be courageous, and we too can live obediently for him. Notice what he says. Uh, last thing he said to his followers before he went back to heaven, Matthew 28, verse 20. What does Jesus say? And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Folks, I'm not strong, I'm not weak. I'm not brave, I'm free. I'm not obedient naturally, I'm naturally disobedient, going my way instead of God's way. But because Jesus is with me as I look to him and trust in him, I have Jesus' strength and Jesus' courage, and Jesus' obedience to live faithfully for God. I mean, what a difference it makes when somebody is with you. Want you to imagine a young person, and they go for a job interview. And uh, they've been for a whole stack of interviews, actually, and they haven't got any of them. And they're at the point where they don't really want to go for another job interview. And they've really got to hang up now about job interviews. They've kind of got a mental block about it. And they kind of they kind of feel the feeling before they ever go into the interview, in case they haven't. And so mum or dad says to them, uh, this interview is tomorrow. I'm going with you. I'm going to drive you to the interview. And when you're in the interview room, I'll be outside. And if they're a Christian parent, they might say, I'll be praying for you. That would be great. Right? That would be so great. So the young person goes to the interview. And mum or dad was outside and if they're a Christian, they're praying for them too. That's, that's really great. But imagine a step that in that. Imagine if mum or dad used to work for the firm. The actual firm that's recruiting. Mum or dad actually worked for them for 20 years. And so they park the car and the young person goes to listen to see that guy. Mum or dad says, just give me a wee minute now. I used to work for this firm for 20 years. I'm just going to go in and have a wee chat with them. Just give me a minute there for a wee minute. I'm just going to go in for a wee second or two and chat and then I come out. And so mum or dad goes in and they work for this firm for 20 years and everybody in the interviewing panel knows him well and knows what a great worker they were. Mum or dad goes in and they say two things. They say, look, I know the company. And number two, I know my son or my daughter. And because I know the firm and I know my son or daughter, they will be just the kind of person you're looking for. You should employ them. And the panel will take one look at mum or dad and because they know them and respect them, they say, okay, your son or daughter has got the job. They don't even need to come in and see us. On your recommendation, because you have come on their behalf, because you have taken the lead and done it for them, we're going to give them the job, we're going to give them that job, that employment, that opportunity, because you have come on their feet. And folks, that's what Jesus has done. I mean, Jesus is not like a kind parent who wants the best for their children, but has limited power, limited wisdom, limited resources to help. Jesus is not like that. Jesus, rather, is like the parent who goes ahead of us, who does the interview for us, who gets the job for us, gets the place for us, brings us salvation, brings us God's help and God's grace for every day. So, I've told you that I'm not strong. Are you strong? I mean, when, when circumstances come and they make you feel weak, what do you do? Well, when the gracious God is with you, he will enable you to be strong. He himself will help you to be strong. 
Or are you courageous? I've said to you, I'm not brave. Are you courageous? I mean, when something comes, when something happens in your family or your life, and it makes you afraid, what do you do? Well, when the gracious God is with you and in your heart, he himself will help you to be brave, to be courageous. Are you obedient to God? I have said to you, I'm not being disobedient, sinful, going my own way, I'm not obedient. What do you do when temptation comes? How do you stand up under it? How do you say yes to God and no to temptation? When it's so easy to stray from the family. But when the gracious God is with you, he himself will enable you to be obedient to him. Isn't it great to be a Christian and to have Jesus with you and in you and going ahead of you? Isn't that fantastic? That's how you live the Christian life. That's how you live the Christian life every day. So this gift, have you accepted God's free gift? Have you accepted it? Have you accepted that free gift? That's the question. You can only receive the gift of God's rest, God's present blessings and future blessing and forever blessing you can only receive that gift of God's blessing if you receive Jesus. Will you receive him? Will you receive him today if you've never received him? Will you give him your heart and your life? Speak to me afterwards. I'd love to help you. And when you receive Jesus, when you accept him and his gift of rest into your heart, because of God's grace we can be people of character. Not shallow people. Not people who, when we die, people will just say about us, oh, they were really nice. I don't want people to say about me when I'm dead and gone, I was really nice. I want people to say about me when I was dead and gone, that, people should, that person showed me something about Jesus. That's what I want. We can be like that. We can be strong and courageous and obedient. When God by his grace lives in our hearts as we trust in him and follow him as our king and savior. And what happens as a result of that? What are the fruits of that? Well, God is honored first and foremost. And most importantly, God is honored. And we're blessed because we're living the way God has created us to live. And other people are attracted to Jesus. Because they see something of Jesus that's what I want for me. That's the kind of legacy I want to leave behind me. I pray by God's grace I want more and more. And I pray by God's grace you want to. Let's pray. Father, we, we know that your word has that ring of truth in it because it's your word. But Father, we, we thank you for the story about land that we can connect to here living in a, in a rural district. All about land and your rest and your gift of present and future and forever blessing. But Father, we pray that you'll help us to receive the gift of your rest, your present, future, and forever blessing by receiving Jesus today if we've never received him as our King and Savior. And if we have received him, help us to leave here, Lord. And help us by your grace, by your enablement, by the help of Jesus who lives in us to be people of character, to be people who leave a mark that lasts forever, people who are, who are strong and courageous and obedient to you. And Lord, as we live those kind of lives and leave that kind of legacy, may you be honoured, may we be blessed, and may other people be drawn to our beautiful Saviour, come Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.
When we finish off this morning by singing Mission Pays a Thousand and Eight, when we put our trust in the Lord as our shepherd, he saves us, he forgives us, and then he helps us to be people of character. The Lord's my shepherd. I love him. changingly to our hearts. Be with us all.